today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. Mary was focused on Jesus. She took her hair down. This was not the practice during this time. Women would have their hair up, but she put her hair down to wipe the feet of Jesus. She was not concerned with what man thought of her. She was only focused on serving Jesus and pouring her love into him and just, just being with him in his presence. And so she did not care what man thought. She pulls her hair down and then she starts wiping the feet of the Messiah. We should not be concerned with what mankind thinks of us. The only opinion that truly matters is the opinion that God has of us. Pastor Eric tells us today that Mary wiped the feet of Jesus with her hair. She was able to do this because she understood who Jesus was and that he should be the priority. Well, let's join Pastor Eric in the book of John, chapter 12, with today's edition of Grace to the Hearers. If you guys have your Bibles, let's open them up to John, chapter 14, or not 14, haha, just kidding. John, chapter 12, John 14 is in a few weeks. Uh, hey, you guys, I titled the message, we're going to dive right into it. I titled the message, Two Hearts Under One Roof. Two Hearts Under One Roof. Uh, Jesus' earthly ministry has been flourishing. It has been blowing up. God has been doing amazing work thus far in the book of John that we have read. And last time we studied John, Jesus called his friend Lazarus up from the dead. He, he called him out of the grave. He was in the grave for four days, okay? And he, he calls him out, and Lazarus comes forth from the dead. And the highlight of chapter 11, to me personally, is in verse 40 when Jesus said to Martha, Lazarus' sister, he said, did I not say to you that if you would believe that you would see the glory of God? And I truly believe that there is so much power in the words of Jesus in this verse because I have believed and I am believing that there is glory in God and sure enough, church, God is doing an amazing work. We've been praying for salvations within the services. We've been praying for people to come to Christ and God has heard our prayer just as he said, as just as Jesus thanked God for hearing his prayer, God has heard our prayer and people are coming to Jesus. And I praise God for that because that is what it's about. People coming to Jesus in that relationship and, and, and experiencing the gift from God through Jesus Christ. And so praise Jesus, people are coming. And my heart's desire is that more people come to Christ and for those who have that relationship with Jesus to be equipped to do the work of the ministry, to continue to go out and share the love of God. And so uh, in chapter 12, we're in John, we begin to look at the last week of Jesus' physical ministry. And, and chapter 12 starts the week before Passover, before Jesus is, goes to the cross. But before we look at the crucifixion, we are going to see some major events. We're going to see the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. Jesus giving the promise of the Holy Spirit. And finally, we are going to see Jesus' Jesus's prayer for all, all believers and those uh, who would eventually believe in Him. Honestly, we're going to see so much more in depth of things that I didn't even list. It's going to be an amazing journey through the rest of the remainder book of John. And so I encourage you guys, come out, study the Word of God with us. But whatever you hear here, I want to challenge you to go deeper in your own personal study. Take what God has spoken and revealed 
on Sunday or Wednesdays and dive deep into the Word of God, for it is rich with uh, knowledge and power. It is like honey that runs on your lips, okay? And so I love honey. It is sweet. And I would encourage you, dive into the Word of God uh, throughout your week. Uh, today we are going to look at the first 11 verses of chapter 12, and we're going to examine two different hearts. Mary, the sister of Martha, and Lazarus, and then Judas Iscariot. Um, and I believe, I truly believe this, this is going to be an eye-opening, life-changing study in God's Word. I truly believe that this morning. So let's get into it. We're going to read the 11 verses and then we'll cruise right through it and see what the Lord has for us this morning. And I believe he has a word for you this morning specifically. Uh, It says this in John 12 verse 1. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Verse 4. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Verse 6. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. Verse 7. But Jesus said, Let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. Now, a great many of the Jews knew that he was there. And they came, not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. Verse 10. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to dead also, because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. What an amazing story to the beginning of the week of Passover. Jesus gathers together with his friends. They, they come and they have a, a, a dinner. He's with his good friends Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And according to Mark and Matthew's account of the gospel, they were gathered together in Simon the leper's house. You can read about that in Matthew 26, verse 6, and Mark 14, 3. The location of the dinner was in a city called Bethany. Bethany was located at the Mount of Olives, about two miles away from Jerusalem. Now, let me tell you what a typical dinner would look like during this time. It was not uncommon for the guests of the house to get their feet washed, and after getting their feet washed, to get a dab of oil or perfume on their head. It was not uncommon. In fact, this was the practice that was going on during this time. So let me paint more of the picture for you of the scene that takes place within our text. Lazarus, who was dead, okay, dead, this is amazing, dead is sitting at the dinner table. Now this would be totally blowing my mind, wouldn't it be yours? If you were sitting at the table and here Lazarus is, he was dead for four days and he's sitting at the dinner table. 
this is crazy. I mean, like, I'd be poking him all night. Wow, that's, man, Lazarus, man, you're here. So good to have dinner with you. What was it like, you know? I just, I, I don't mean, it would just be blowing my mind. And so we see Lazarus at the table with Jesus. Uh, Martha, Martha was doing what she did best, right? She was serving. She was serving the dinner. She was moving around and she was serving. Well, you guys remember, this is a typical Martha move, okay? Because remember, she was busy serving once before with Jesus. And this was recorded in Luke chapter 10. Then there was Mary. Mary, once again, you guys and gals, is she was at the feet of Jesus. Once again, she was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Uh, she sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word once before. Again, in Luke chapter 10, verse 39, it really describes that scene. Then we see Jesus is, of course, at the dinner. He's there. But not only Jesus was there, but so was Judas Iscariot, right? Judas Iscariot, the one who would betray Jesus. He was one of the 12 disciples. Now, in Matthew's account, he is, or Jesus mentions the disciples as well. Uh, and the Bible does not name anyone else, but the disciples, I would believe, just my thought process is that they would be with Jesus as well at this house. Our scene also involves a very costly oil, an oil that was worth 300 denarii. Now, that is one year of wages for a man. One year's wage for a man. 300 denarii. I mean, this is expensive stuff. Expensive stuff, but yet it was in our text here, in, in, in the story at the dinner table. Now, what happened at this dinner? Well, Jesus was sitting at the table with those in Lazarus. Martha, Martha again is serving the dinner. Then Mary comes into the scene. She comes into the dinner and she takes the costly oil of spikenard. And the Bible tells us it was a pound of spikenard. Now, this is not a pound in what you think a pound is. It was 12 ounces, 12 ounces of oil. Now, again, that just puts even more of a thought process of how expensive this oil was. 12 ounces worth a year's wage. <laughs> now, if you have perfume or cologne that much, it must smell really good. <laughs> you know, I don't know if anything costs that much for cologne or perfume this day. I'm sure that there's something. But this spikenard was used as like a lotion to the skin. But again, it was the top of the line lotion, uh, skincare product at this time. Now, in Mark's account, you guys, which has been said to be Peter's account, the Apostle Peter, his account written by Mark, said that Mary poured this oil over the head of Jesus. Here in John, we are told that it was at his feet. Well, which is correct? Well, yes. <laughs> that's what I say. Yes, uh, they're both correct because that's what the Bible says. And I believe that every single word in the Bible is true. And as many of you know, uh, when an event happens and there's multiple people there, there's a lot of different viewpoints of what takes place in that event. I mean, if you go to any scene of a crime or an accident, there's witnesses and each witness is a little bit different. Like, I didn't see that or well, I guess, but they were there witnessing and seeing the event take place. Same thing happens here at the dinner table at the house of Simon the leopard. Now, here's a couple of thoughts of how it could have happened, how it could have gone down. Again, these are just thoughts, uh, but you can come to your own conclusion as the Lord leads you. But here they are. Here's a couple of thoughts. One, 
uh, it could have taken place that since it was the uh, custom to dab the head of the guest with oil and perfume, Mary could have anointed Jesus' head and then later in the night anointed his feet. That's one thought process, right? Uh, secondly, uh, how it could have happened is this, is that another thought is, is that Mary could have taken the entire 12-ounce bottle and dumped it on the head of Jesus, on his head. And when you dump anything of 12 ounces on your head, I'm believing that it's going to go all the way down to your feet. If you take a soda pop, I wouldn't recommend this, but you can try it if you want. A life example, you can dump 12 ounces of fluid on your head and see if there's any that end up on your feet. Um, I would. I haven't tried it myself. Maybe I can talk my kids into doing it. But... Uh, I'll let you know, okay? But either way, however it happened, I believe at some point, Mary was down at the feet of Jesus, wiping the oil with her hair. Well, how do I know this? Well, because the Bible tells me so in chapter 12, verse 3. So you have the oil being poured on Jesus. Mary's on her feet, wiping the oil off of the feet of Jesus with her hair. Now you have Judas. Judas was in charge of the money box. He was the accountant of the crew, okay? Uh, interesting how he got that job, <laughs> but he got the job. Now, his concern is this, that the oil should have been sold for 300 denarii and then given to the poor. But then John calls him out and says, that wasn't his concern. He was concerned about the money because he was a thief. John says, and that he wanted it for himself. So Judas was concerned about the wasting of this oil. Now, interesting fact, the word wasting or wasted is translated to perdition. Perdition. Now, which in John chapter 17, verse 12, Judas was referred to the son of perdition. The son of wasted, right? Warren Wiersbe, uh, a great commentary of the Bible, said this, Judas criticized Mary for wasting this oil when he wasted his life. Interesting, huh? So John calls Judas out saying his heart wasn't even in the right place. Uh, That wasn't even his concern. Then we have Jesus, precious Jesus, Lord Jesus He's there, and when this takes place, when the argument comes forth, when Judas says, hey, you wasted this oil, Jesus was there and he defended Mary. He says, let her alone, for she has done this for my burial. Let her alone. The poor you have with you always, but me, you have, I'm not always with you. So Jesus is defending Mary. In Mark's account, Jesus commends Mary for her action. He commends her. Jesus says that wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, that Mary, what Mary had done, would be told to her as a memorial. A memorial when the gospel is preached. That good work that she had done for Jesus would be told in the whole world. So here we have two hearts, Judas and Mary. Two opposite, polar opposite hearts, yet in the same room. Mary was humble, totally in love with Jesus. She would sit at the feet of Jesus at any time that she had the chance. 
Mary was sacrificial. She was willing to give up the costly oil, the fragrance uh, that, that was very expensive, but she was, had a sacrificial heart, and she was willing to give up those very costly things for Jesus. Mary was focused on Jesus. She took her hair down. This was not the practice during this time. Women would have their hair up, but she put her hair down to wipe the feet of Jesus. She was not concerned with what man thought of her. She was only focused on serving Jesus and pouring her love into him and just, just being with him in his presence. And so she did not care what man thought. She pulls her hair down and then she starts wiping the feet of the Messiah. She was focused on Jesus. Finally, we see that Mary glorified Jesus in her works. Her focus was doing good for Jesus. As Jesus called, recalled in Mark, he says that her good work would be, be a, a memorial, a testimony to those who heard the gospel around the whole world. That's one heart that you had in this room. Now, Looking at the second heart, Judas, specifically these two hearts. I know that there was more, but specifically looking at these two hearts. Then you have Judas. Judas Iscariot. Judas criticized. He criticized Mary for what she was doing. He found fault in what Mary had done, breaking or pouring the oil over Jesus. He criticized her. Then we see that Judas did not even care for others. Our text tells us, John reveals, by the Holy Spirit, reveals that he did not care for the poor. He was self-centered. He was self-centered. He took the money from the money box for himself. Judas was a thief. Not only was Judas a thief, self-centered, not caring, and a criticizer, but he was a hypocrite. He was a hypocrite because on the outside, he was one of the disciples. He was one of the twelve. But yet on the inside, he was far from a follower of Jesus. On the outside, these two were serving Jesus. On the outside appearance, these two were under the same roof, focusing on Jesus. But on the inside, only one was truly serving Jesus. Guys, the church gathers and we gather together. A lot of people come in and hear the Word of God under one roof. On the outside, it seems that all people serve and worship Jesus. But if we could pull back, if we could pull back and look on the inside, what would be revealed? What would be revealed within the hearts of man? Are there people who really don't serve Jesus? Who are like Judas? Who who are only on the outside followers of Jesus, but on the inside, they're not following Jesus. Could there be under the roof of God's house two hearts? Could there be those who criticize the work and the ministry that Jesus is doing today? Could there be people who are self-centered, prideful, only thinking of themselves? Could there be hypocrites saying things that are not being lived out? Could there be people with the same heart of Judas in the church today? Could there be that heart today in our church? Could there be, though, could there be under the same roof, could there be the heart of Mary who was humble, who loved sitting and learning at the feet of Jesus? 
Could there be those who are sacrificial, giving fully back to Jesus in the physical and the spiritual, using their gifts that God has given them for the kingdom of God? Could there be people who are living sacrificially unto Jesus? Could there be people who are focusing to please Jesus alone, not worrying about pleasing man, but pleasing Jesus, not worrying what man thinks of them, but just focusing on serving their Messiah, their Savior, Jesus Christ? Could there be people in the church that are doing all things for the glory of God? Everything they do, they do for the glory of God. Could there be this heart within the church today? In our church today, could there be this heart? Could there be the people who have the same heart as Mary in the church? And I would like to answer these questions by saying yes, there is the heart of Judas in the church. And yes, there is the heart of Mary within the church. Two different hearts under one roof. But I would like to point this out. This is something that is worth remembering. Jesus was in the midst of the both hearts. Jesus was in the midst of both hearts of Judas and Mary. Just as we see in the text, he was in the midst of these two, just as he's in the midst of the church. Jesus, you guys, called Judas to stop criticizing Mary. By this action, Jesus we see Jesus standing up for righteousness and standing against unrighteousness. Jesus by no means though threw Judas out of the house. But he said to her, leave her alone. Leave her alone. Jesus calls the unrighteous to stop. And another word for stop would be to turn, to repent, to turn away from. Stop what you're doing that is unrighteous and turn to righteousness. Stop harassing Mary because she is serving me. Stop it. Turn from that. Jesus himself said in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus' heart is very much to the unrighteous saying, stop, please, and turn to righteousness. For the kingdom of God is at hand. It is at hand. Repent. The time is fulfilled. And Jesus is speaking that it's fulfilled because God has sent the Messiah Himself, Jesus Christ, into this world to take away the sins of the world, to take away all unrighteousness so that man does not have to be entrapped in unrighteousness, that they can be set free, so that they can have the opportunity to stop and turn. Jesus wants all sinners. He wants all unrighteous to repent. No sin is greater than the other, uh, in the, the other in the eyes of Jesus. Sin leads to death, spiritual death, total separation from God for eternity. Jesus wants sinful man to repent, to stop. <laughs> Our Lord was recorded in Luke saying this, and Jesus answered and said to them, do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans? Because they suffered such things? I tell you no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. That's all the time we have for today on Grace to the Hearers. Thank you for joining us for our verse-by-verse study through the book of John. 
Pastor Eric Kluth will continue this series on the next edition of Grace to the Hearers. But right now, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message free of charge. Just send us an email at info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. Be sure to mention today's date. We'd also like to invite you to learn more about Grace to the Hearers by visiting our website at gracetothehearers.com. You'll discover Pastor Eric's heart for this ministry and also find out about more places you can listen to sound, biblical teachings like this one. There are also resources available to enhance your own time studying the Word of God. That's all at gracetothehearers.com. Well, we are so blessed to be able to share God's Word with you. We hope that it's not your only source of spiritual nourishment. The Bible reminds us frequently of the importance of a church community, and we also encourage you to find a church family to support you in your walk with Jesus. If you happen to be in the Coolidge area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m., and you'll find our location information and directions at our website, gracetothehearers.com. We do hope you've been blessed by Pastor Eric's message today from the book of John. Join us again as we continue to look deeper into the Word, right here on Grace to the Hearers.